Welcome to the Course Wizards Podcast with Amit Aurora and Christopher Maselli. Get ready to discover the latest tools and tips on how to create, teach, and market your online training course. Now here's your hosts, Amit and Chris. Hello and welcome to the Course Wizards Podcast. I'm Christopher Maselli. I'm here with my buddy Amit. How are you doing today, Amit? What's up? You're like talking on two X speed. You're going so fast. I'm good, man. Fast is the name of the game. That's right. I'm talking really fast because today we're talking about speeding up your landing page. We have to have things be fast today. But one of the things we need to be super fast is our landing pages for our courses. Why is that, Amit? It's your sales phase, right? That's the first impression. And we don't have patience, man. We have lost all (laughs) patience. I have heard that for every microsecond or every millisecond that Amazon slows down, they lose millions of dollars of revenue because someone just didn't want to wait for that product page to load and they just back up. That's how impatient humanity has become. And page speed now is one of the benchmarks that Google uses to rank your site. Now, this might not be true for landing pages because landing pages are a little different, right? You're you have a course sales page, aka landing page, or a opt-in page that isn't necessarily indexed by Google or doesn't show up in searches, but this is some place you drive traffic to by paid ads. And if you're paying money for someone to click and open this page, you bet you bet and your top dollar that this should load under two seconds or that person is wasted revenue of your precious ad money. Yeah, so I, that's so really there's a twofold reason you want your page to be fast. One is just because that's what people expect. If they find that a page doesn't load fast, they might click away and you don't want to lose them. But then also Google counts it as one of the reasons they might index you better and give you more priorities. Because if your page takes too long to load, they're going to be like, eh, not worth it. Move on, as opposed to giving you priorities. So you definitely want that. How can you tell whether your page is even loading fast other than just hitting refresh? But then you might get stuff for it. might well, be cached in your browser, right? So that's not even really you accurate. Open your phone and start yeah. the stopwatch app. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. Uh, one thing I want to preface is we, Chris and I are going to mostly discuss c- CMSs, content management systems like Teachable, Thinkific, Kajabi, Newsender, yeah. where you do not have control. Versus WordPress, which is a whole another Pandora's box because there's a million plugins in WordPress that you can use. But we are saying, what are the things you can control that only uh, these closed content management systems allow you to control? Yes. So we're going to talk about that. But Chris, to answer your question about speed, I typically go to GT Metrics. So it's Metrics, M-E-T-R-I-X, and GT, Grand Turismo, stands for speed. So gtmetrics.com is a website that I go to. And what you do here is, you put in your website URL and then mm-hmm. they ping it from different locations and then they score your website based on how the, uh, the results come back and they'll give you a summary. So I did this with my news landing page for my Z templates and because it's a template page, it's a very heavy on images page. So I figured that would be the best one. And right now my performance is a E, which is not good. A or no. B, you want to shoot for A, but B is sometimes acceptable. And it says that my overall LCP, which is largest contentful paint, 
And a contentful paint means that first piece of content, when your page loads, what is that first piece of content that the person sees above the fold? How long does that take? That took about 1.2 seconds. Not bad at all. The fully loaded page took about 14 seconds. Not good at all. No. So <laughs> GT metrics is my go-to, like testing website speeds. That's what I prefer. And then it has more details on a tab called waterfall that shows you each and every resource on your page and how much time it's taking to load that resource. Yeah, it's really interesting. I used this when I was speeding up my web page. When I type in writing momentum, I get a 100% performance score right now, which is really good. It takes milliseconds for it to come up. Now, it's not coming up entirely correctly. So it's actually looking at a incorrect, I think, minified version of the website. But according to their stats, they love how quickly everything comes up. But I have done a lot of the things that we're going to talk about in this episode. Here's my other one, my writing moments page, which is just a landing page for writing moments. It again, it has an A score, but it's not quite, that's not really fully loaded in the way it should. So I need to figure out why that is. But I'm getting an A score. And that's because for both of these, I have painstakingly gone through to make sure I can make everything load as fast as possible. And a lot of these items, and these are both on WordPress, but a lot of these items are coming through so quickly, not because it's just on WordPress and on the kind of server I'm using, though that's some of it. A lot of it's because I'm using the techniques that Amit and I are going to be discussing in this episode. Yep. So for me, the one technique, and Chris, I did run yours too, writingmomentum.com yeah. on GT Metrics. You're right. A performance, 912 milliseconds. So it's less than a second to get that first contentful pain. And the full page, the full homepage of writingmomentum.com is 1.2 seconds. So that's really awesome. And yours is on WordPress, but we're going to talk about how can our listeners and viewers do this if they're using a closed management system, which is Teachable, Thinkific, Kajabi, or any course platform, right? And then the first... Typically, the first culprit, the major culprit is huge images. If you go to a stock photo website and you download the medium or the large version, that's typically six or seven megabytes for one image. And when you upload it, sometimes these platforms do have a compression mechanism where they are doing it on their end. But I like to control that. So I use something called tinypng.com. I pay for it. I think it's 25 bucks a year. It's very minimal. And then I will go and compress that image. And that 6, 7 MB image becomes like 500 megabytes or no, 500 kilobytes. And then I'll upload it. And typically there's not a loss of quality in that image. Yeah, yeah. So that's the first thing is making sure you compress your images. If you're using a Mac, the typical best program for doing this that almost everyone recommends is called image optim that's i-m-a-g-e-o-p-t-i-m go to imageoptim.com and it's a completely free program and what's great is that you can right click any image say optimize and it'll automatically save you a tremendous it'll squish you down you can't even usually notice any kind of difference and it'll save you 60 70 sometimes 80 percent on that image size it's really quite remarkable doesn't make you wonder why 
those images don't just automatically create optimal in the first place. Why we have to run it through anything, especially when you're the naked eye can't see the difference. And I, the other thing about images, Chris, is people can use vector images instead of JPEGs. And I have seen this trend a lot. If you go to Notion's website or some websites out there have these vector images that look like a, almost like a sketch or a drawing or something. Yes. If you do that, and you can just Google vector images, you can save a ton, 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 ton of resources because those images are less than 50 kilobytes at times. So definitely check out vector images, Google vector images. And sometimes you can use those to illustrate things versus using an image from Unsplash or Pixabay or your favorite stock photo website, which is going to be really heavy. For sure, for sure. All right, in addition to images, you also want to compress your videos. Now you might be under the impression that when you export your video as an MP4 file or something like that, that it is already maximized when it comes to compression. And most of the time, it's just not. And so what you wanna do is run it through, program something like Handbrake, which is free for both Windows and the Mac. Handbrake.fr, I think it's a French Handbrake. I think that might be right. And yeah, that will save you a lot of trouble if you do that. There's also, for the Mac, there's one called Permute, P-E-R-M-U-T-E, that will automatically trans convert media files into other formats, but it also squishes them down a bit. And that can be helpful too. And a couple of other things that I do for my videos, in addition to what Chris mentioned, if, so I used to use Handbrake. It's like, it's a little technical to go through all the settings. If you want an easier way to do it, you can always upload it to your YouTube account. Don't publish the video, leave it as draft, and then re-download that video and YouTube does 90% compression. So a one gigabyte video will become 100 MB and YouTube has, trust me, the best of the best servers, technology, everything to compress your video so they because you can imagine the amount of content that's uploaded on YouTube daily, right? Yes. So they have mastered this. The second thing is you can use a content delivery network. We're going to talk about that next. But you can use a website like bunny.net, like a hopping bunny. So bunny.net, you upload your videos there. Then they give you an embed code. You take that embed code and put it on your landing page. And that shows a compressed version of your video. And bunny.net costs like pennies on the dollar like pennies if i was dollar. to show how they charge is by watch time but again it's like nothing like my video is or they charge by bandwidth consumed so my video is consumed my one gb video has consumed 200 gigabyte of bandwidth because that's how many people watched it it cost me like two dollars or something like that is so that a little really technical cheap. heavy too to figure out how to set that up and get your links and all that sort of thing yeah it I find it easy, but I also am good with technology. There's tons of YouTube tutorials on how to use Bunny. That's like my go-to thing now is upload my videos on bunny.net. That serves almost as a repository for all my videos instead of using my Google Drive or my Dropbox. And then also I can serve them using their content delivery network. Yeah, yeah. All right. So compress your images, compress your video. So this is if you're on some other service, this again, helps you make your page faster without even getting into any coding or anything. Anything else on it? Yeah, so we talked about content delivery network, also known as CDN. 
So what exactly is a CDN? Just a little one-on-one is Netflix pioneered this, but it's all it's been there before Netflix appeared. Is when Netflix started streaming, the streaming service was they have all these movies and shows on a server, and when you go on, use your remote, click play behind the scenes, and this is the easiest way to explain it of what a CDN does. Behind the scenes, it's sending a command to their server to fetch that movie or that show and start showing it on your screen. And that is the lag time it takes from you to hit the play button to go get that title, serve it to you and play it. So what they did is they said, why don't we have servers all around the world? And depending on what your location is, we will just ping the nearest server instead of having just one server in the middle of the world where everyone is trying to reach out. And that is called a content delivery network where it's a distributed servers around the globe and based on the user's location, the data is cached on that server to then serve it to you. Which sounds extremely complicated, but it's actually not as difficult as you might think because there are services like QuickCloud, that's cuic.cloud and Cloudflare, and that's the other yep. one that's real popular that does CDNs, they essentially walk you through how to set it up. And it's just a way that you can go ahead and say, okay, I'm not just going to have one image from one place, but it'll be available everywhere, no matter where you're logging in so that it comes up the fastest possible. So that's for CDN. And Chris, like Chris said, Lightspeed is a WordPress plugin, so you can use that. The other thing, Chris, is we all have a bunch of scripts on our page and that slows it down. Mm-hmm. You have your Facebook pixel firing. You have your Google Tag Manager firing. You might have a chat plugin. So that piece of code is on there. You, As many plugins as you add, each of them adds a piece of code. You might have a banner on top that says limited time only. That's a new piece of software that adds another plugin. You might be using deadline funnels for urgency. That adds another piece of plugin. So each or another piece of code. So each time you add a piece of code, what happens is when a user goes to your website, the page has to load and all those scripts have to load. So for each script loading, it takes time and that time adds up. So a way to do this, and this is a little technical, is you use something called Google Tag Manager. Google Tag Manager, think of it as shipping containers. So each piece of code is a shipping container that sits on a, piece of huge ship and when a user goes only one tag fires which is that entire ship then entire ships tag fires and those containers start loading because all those containers are now sitting inside your google tag manager so instead of loading each piece of script on your landing page you just add all those pieces of scripts in your google tag manager then you take a single piece of script which is your google tag manager and add it to your landing page yeah, that's really clever. And a lot of different course platforms have a place where you can connect your Google Tag Manager, and that's just what makes it work very easily. And yeah, the, just always think when a lot of times when we get into these different course creators, we see all the options they have, and we tend to want to connect everything up because we think, oh, how cool this will be to have everything connected. But be very judgmental against what kind of things that you actually need. And if you don't need it, don't connect it because the more you connect, the more time it's going to add to that page loading in. The last thing, Chris, I have on my side is fonts. This is like the biggest culprit of all time and so easy to fix, right? We have all 
the library of fancy fonts available to us. And the fancier they are and the more different fonts you use, the longer it's going to take for your page to load. So Google, if you just Google web safe fonts, Google has a list of web safe fonts, which are fonts that are preloaded on Chrome. So anytime someone goes to your website, Chrome already has these fonts in its library. And mm -hmm. if you are using those same fonts, your page is going to load faster. If you're using fancy display handwriting fonts that are not in those web safe font library, it's going to take Google an extra few milliseconds to load those fonts. And when was the last time, Chris, you went to a website and you said, that font looks awesome. I'm going to buy because of that font. It's one of those nice to have things, but I really don't care about fonts at all. I just stick to PT Sans and Roboto or some of those, one of those web series fonts. And I don't really care what my branding fonts look like. Yeah, yeah, generally. And th this is just a quick tip. When it does come to branding, try to use fonts that are web-safe Google fonts so that they're readily available to you no matter what you do. And you're not having to load something special in there. Because again, anytime you're loading something special in, it can take a little more time. I'm, am I doing the wrap-up today or are you doing the wrap-up? I don't remember. Yeah, I'll do a quick re recap and then All you right, can close this it. out. Speed test. Check out gtmetrics.com for testing your website speed. And then I'll go to the waterfall tab that shows you everything that needs to be fixed. Compress your images using something like TinyPNG. Chris also mentioned a tool, which was the Mac tool imageopim.com. We'll put all these in the show notes. And then also for video compression, you can use Handbrake, you can use Permute, and then you can also upload those videos to YouTube first, leave them in draft, re-download them, or you can use bunny.net for using a video CDN and then use Google Tag Manager for all your scripts so you're not loading a bunch of scripts on your landing page and then use one to two font variations on your landing page and try to use web save fonts when possible. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to the Course Wizards. We hope this has been helpful. We hope that your web pages are fast and so we won't, we won't hold you here much longer. We'll just quickly say Please rate, review, subscribe, and share to the Course Wizards podcast and let others know about it. And until next time, what should they do, Amit? Hashtag keep creating. Bye-bye. <laughs>Thank you for listening to the Course Wizards podcast with Ahmed Aurora and Christopher Maselli. Get a free PDF of their favorite online training resources, as well as notes from this podcast at coursewizards.com. 